0: Okay, if you'd like to turn to the book of John, I'll be there in a little bit, and uh, sometimes uh, you have a message that uh, makes sense to you, and you want it to reaffirm your own faith, your own belief, and so that's what I'm doing today, so just bear with me a little bit if you wouldn't mind. This is what I study, was studying out this week, title of my message is, Our Message That's true. We have a true message. It's the gospel of Jesus Christ. His death, burial, and resurrection as being sufficient. The Bible says this in Romans 4.25, who was delivered for our offenses, for our sins. He went to the cross and was raised again for our justification so that we might have a right standing before God. And what a blessing to be able to have that message. I wanna give a shout out to some people that I've studied who have mentored me, tutored me, as I've gone through Rightly Dividing, especially what I'm sharing with you today. I think of Richard Jordan, who's been my mentor for a number of years, and he has helped me so much. And I feel like I've been through his school, through all of his videotapes and things like that. And also, there's a fellow by the name of Pastor Donnie, and as I was going through this, uh, he was a big help to me. And then also Sean Brassix. Uh, he's an unbelievable uh, fellow. Uh, what's safe? The scripture is his webpage. He has tremendous teachings there. And he's been a great source. And so when I put all these guys together, that's how I can come up with these things. And I wanted to give them credit as I go through this. You know, oftentimes when we speak about right division, Uh, We get some people, they get angry, they get upset, they get mad. And you ask yourself, why is that? What is the reason for that? Well, here are a couple of reasons. First of all, their feelings, the family, church traditions, they feel that if they would embrace rightly dividing, it would be a betrayal of what they've learned up to this point. Or they would have to admit they might be wrong, (laughs) Only by pride cometh contention. Remember that. That's Proverbs 13.10, by the way. When you introduce right division, it's hard for some of the people that are saved. Uh, Part of their life has been based upon sometimes lies, but many times just error, and they become relaxed and casual in that belief and uh, in that setting. And they're just not willing to change at all. If they repeatedly refuse us when we share that the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ's gospel is what saves, grace living, the mystery body doctrine, the truth of Pauline's epistles, the Bible says after a few times we're just to leave them alone. Just leave them alone. They see Paul's teaching as new information. They see right division as being a threat. So they feel like they have to defend. And so they build up a wall between, between them and your dispensation of grace. They struggle in leaving their religion because there's too much to, live, to lose, right? They've gotten all these things and they don't want to let them go. Then they view us as speaking bad of their family who has taught them, their friends, their faith. And as a result of that, many of them just turn their back on truth. They don't want to hear that truth. Another reason is they get upset is their social lives could turn upside down. In other words, if they accepted right dividing, if they would do that, there's a possibility that their friendships might break up. Even their marriages are at risk. (laughs) I had a guy call me from Georgia, and he said he was learning rightly dividing, and he was thrilled, and he was going forward, but his wife didn't accept it, and she went to one church, and he went to another church, and it was beginning to divide even their marriage relationship at that time. Some will have to disagree with what they've been taught, some things, from they learn it from their parents, from their pastors, from their schools, and at times I, they might even have to to hear a word that's negative, that might even be painful. They might be called a heretic, an apostate, church splitter, traitor, fanatic, Paul worshiper, Kool-Aid dispenser, <laughs> and many bad words we won't discuss. <laughs> The Bible says in John chapter 12, Nevertheless, among the chief rulers also many believed on him, but because of the Pharisees, they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of the synagogue. For they loved the praise of men more than the praise of God. That happened then, and man hasn't changed that today. See, See, sometimes they see... There's merit in rightly dividing of scriptures. But they don't want to be stigmatized to have to endure some hardships for the truth because they would rather have the praise of men than the praise of God. Another reason is even salvation might come into question. What I mean by that, many have been taught a false gospel. They have a false security But the truth is, there is no salvation in a sinner's prayer when the sinner doesn't understand the purpose of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. There's no salvation in baptism nor church membership, no salvation in a confessional booth, taking of mass, or just growing up in a Christian home. The Bible teaches us in this dispensation of grace that it's grace, not plus works. Amen? You know, religion is very popular because it allows people to do something in the flesh. Man always wants to do something when God says everything's been done. And many times they place themselves even under the law, the Ten Commandments, to help them to kind of control their sin. They want more rules upon their life that would push down the sin in their life, which in reality, more rules means more sin because there's more rules you want to break and probably will break. (laughs) But salvation is by grace through faith alone in Christ and his work of his death, burial, resurrection alone. And then the last reason some people get upset, some say they're just comfortable being saved. That's enough. I'm satisfied, so leave me alone. They never get beyond the gospel message. You know what I mean? And by the way, we're grateful they're saved if they believed in the gospel, right? We understand that. And we understand that spiritual growth takes study. It takes time. It takes effort. They say, I just want to attend church. I want to sit down. I want to shout amen every now and then. I want to sing. I want to be able to tap my feet, clap my hands. I want the preacher to tell me what the scripture says so that I don't have to open my Bible on my own and learn it and read it for myself. But that verse right over there, 1 Timothy 2.4, 1 Timothy 2.4, who will have all men to be saved, and that's not the end of it. And to come unto the knowledge of the truth. Do you know something? Many treat their jobs being more valuable than knowing who God is and God's truth. And that's a sad day rightly dividing, challenges them to study the Bible on their own. Amen? They went home and searched the scriptures to see if those things were so. And when a person opens up the Bible, sometimes they feel intimidated and they don't want to venture out of the little box that they've created their life for. (laughs) Many become like Pharaoh. When truth was presented, he hardened his heart. When truth was presented, it got harder. When truth was presented, it got harder. And people's hearts get harder toward the truth. Now, I've said all that to say this, to give us an example that we don't look at all the time. And if you can't comprehend all of this, there are some things you can get a hold of, I believe. The four Gospels are sent concerning Christ's earthly ministry to Israel. The four Gospels are not specifically to us the body of Christ. The book of John shows that Jesus is the Son of God, He is deity, He's God, He's the I Am, and He's the Messiah, the Christ. Their faith, their faith, was to believe Jesus is the Son of God, the Christ, and then new life was through him. So number one, the book of John is a Christ, Messiah, he's God book. Just that simple. John 1.1, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, and the word, Christ, word, was God. All things were made by him, Christ. Without him was not anything made. He created it all. And the word, God the Son, was made flesh and dwelt among us and we beheld his glory for three years. Begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And verse 41, he first, Andrew, findeth his own brother Simon and saith unto him, we have found... He? the Messiah, which is being interpreted, the Christ. John chapter 20, verse 30 and 31, and many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples, Jews require a sign, which are not written in this book, but these eight specific ones. These are written that you might believe that Jesus Christ died for your sins, he was buried, that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing that you might have life through his name. Amen? Amen. Secondly, John is a Jewish book. It's a Jewish book. Now, I know some things you can go, you can transfer them to the, another generation or another dispensation, like God is holy. He's holy through all the dispensations, right? I understand that. But notice this, John one forty nine. 49. Nathanael answereth and saith unto him, Rabbi, thou art the Son of God, thou art the King of Israel. And Then the fact he's God is John eleven twenty five. 25. Jesus saith unto her, I am the resurrection and the life. He that believeth in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever liveth and believeth in me shall never die. Believest thou this? she saith unto them, yea, Lord, I believe that thou art the Christ, the Son of God, which should come, as prophesied, into the world. John chapter 19, verse 6. When the chief priests therefore and officers saw him, they cried out, saying, Crucify him, crucify him. Pilate saith unto them, Take ye, uh, ye him and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. The Jews answered him, We have a law, and by our law he ought to die because he made himself the Son of God. Now remember, Matthew, one of the Gospels said, Go, but don't go to the Gentiles. You're only sent to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. It's a Jewish book. So is the book of John. So what's missing? What's missing is the cross's blood, his death, his resurrection of Christ for sin. There's no 1 Corinthians 15, 3, for I delivered unto you first of all that which I also received, I believed it, how that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. You don't find that in the book of John. Isn't that amazing? That was not preached until Paul, our apostle. Paul says, he calls it his gospel in Romans 2.16. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to... My gospel, my gospel is the fact that Christ died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. Romans 16, 25, now to him that is the power to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ according to the revelation of the mystery which was kept secret since the world began. He said, I'm giving you a new truth here. It's never been preached before. It's been hid. It's been a secret, but God's revealed to me Christ died for our sins. He buried, taking our sins away, and he rose for our justification. A gospel message that never had been preached before. So the truth is the gospel that saves today is not in the book of John. Amen? Understand, the Jews, before individuals of Israel could go into the future kingdom, they needed to correctly identify their Messiah and follow him. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John identified Jesus as the promised one. If one would believe that Jesus was sent from God to be Messiah, king over Israel, One could have life. John 5 says this, that all men should honor the Son even as they honor the Father. He that honoreth not the Son honoreth not the Father which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. All they had to do was believe he's the son of God, he's the Christ, he's the Messiah. But what did the nation do? John 1, 11 says this here. He came into his own and his own received him not. Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah of Israel and his resurrection proves it. He said, I'm going to give you one last sign the sign of Jonah. As Jonah was in the heart of the earth three days, in the whale's belly, three days, three nights, the Son of Man will be in the heart of the earth three days, three nights, but he's going to come back. Jews require a sign. At Pentecost, after Christ ascended, Peter preached Acts 2, 36 and following. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made the same Jesus whom you have crucified both Lord and Christ. Now, when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. They'd killed their Messiah and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ? No. Peter said, repent, be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's at Pentecost. No death, burial, and resurrection for our sins. Chapter 3, verse 19, he tells the Jewish people, he's offering them the kingdom. Repent, you therefore, be converted, that your sins may be blotted out when the times of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord when he returns to the earth. Did you notice there's no faith in the death, burial, and resurrection? of Jesus Christ whatsoever. Another requirement for the Jews was to have faith in his name. John 1.12. But as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. John 3, 18 says this. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. 1 John 5, 13 says this here, These things have I written unto you that believe upon the name of the Son of God. You see, his name emphasized was a reference to who he is. His name, he's Messiah. His name, he is Christ. His name He's the Son of God. Believing on His name is who He is. Now get this. And not what He did or accomplished on the cross. That was not known until Paul. Paul says in Galatians 1, 11, 12, But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached to me, my gospel, is not after man, for I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ personally told Paul what the gospel's accomplishments were. He had a new gospel where people could be saved. Now, grasp this. It's a shock to some of the average believers. Not one verse does John mention the grace gospel and the accomplishments of the death, burial, and resurrection. Even when Mary Magdalene came and told them that Jesus' body was gone out of the tomb, that Simon and another disciple ran down and saw only the grave clothes. This is after the resurrection. John 20 verse 9 says this, for as yet they knew not the scriptures that he might rise again from the dead. And I said here a couple of weeks ago, how could they be preaching then that he died for our sins? Were they didn't even know he was going to rise from the dead. Luke chapter 24 gives a little bit more light and returned from the sepulchre and told all things unto the eleven and to all the rest. And it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James and other women that were with them which told these things unto the apostles and their words seemed to them as idle tales and they believed them not so they weren't depending on that for their salvation hello you think of thomas thomas said you listen i'm not going to believe he's alive until I see the nail prints in his hands and his feet and I can put my fingers in the nail print holes and I can put my hands in his side. Now let me ask you this question. He said, I won't believe he's alive until that. Prior to him seeing Jesus, was Thomas saved? You better believe he was saved because he believed he was the Son of God, the Christ, the Messiah. The resurrection had nothing to do with him being saved in the Gospels. Hello. The word, I'm coming down stressed now. The word believe is used 101 times in the book of John. Some say, see, he says believe, and we ask, believe what? You believe in John, he's the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God. You believe in his name that is all those things of who he is and who he was. The question is this here. Is believing that Jesus Christ, Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of God, is that enough to save us today? No. Amen? It's not enough. Somebody said, well, what about John 3, 16? For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's probably one of the most famous verses kids and all of us remember. But remember, they were told not to go to the Gentiles. They were told go only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. John 4, 22 says this here. You worship, you know not what. We know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. It was about Israel. Romans, Paul even says, Romans 15. Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision, the Jews, for the truth of God to confirm the promises made unto Isaac, Abraham, or Isaac, or Abraham, Jacob, and all of them, and the 12 tribes. You see... It's to a nation, Israel, under law. But what were they believed? Not the death, burial, resurrection is good news. Or they'll say, what about John one twenty nine? The next day John seeth Jesus come and said, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world. Most assume that's speaking about Calvary. But... They didn't know or understand the death, burial, resurrection until Paul comes on the scene. Matthew 3, 11 and 12 kind of explains, I indeed baptize you with water to repentance, but he that cometh after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. Now get this, he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost. When did that take place? Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. And with fire. That hasn't happened yet. That's future judgment. Matthew says, uh, he says then, I should say, whose fan is in his hand, he will thoroughly purge his floor and gather his wheat in the gardener, but he will burn up the shaft with unquenchable fire. The fire hasn't happened. The judgment hasn't happened in the tribulation yet. A little bit more information, Matthew 24, 37. But as the days of Noah... Worse, so shall also, coming, uh, sh- also the coming of the Son of Man be. Talking about Noah. It's going to be that way in the last days for Israel. Verse 39. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. Then shall two shall be in the field, one shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding at the mill, the one shall be taken and the other left. Who's taken away? The sin and the sinners. Not Noah. They stayed on the earth. The rest were taken away. Amen? He's not talking about the rapture there. Nobody knew about the rapture then. That wasn't revealed until Paul. So... Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world is speaking about the Lamb of God who will take the sin and sinners from this earth and this takes place when Messiah Christ, Son of God, when he returns to the earth as king to rid the world of sin of Satan and to establish his kingdom on this earth at tribulation's end." Has nothing to do with us. We already will be in heaven. Now, somebody said, "Can one use John 3:16 or John 1:29 to see people saved?" Well, it's possible. Now, here's why I say that. Here's how it works. If they reach back into Paul's writings and get his Christ-given gospel, that's for us today, and bring that back into John 3.16. So one can be saved if the true gospel, death, burial, and resurrection is presented. For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth, do you believe that Christ, Son of God, he died for your sins, was buried, and rose? So it can be used in that way. But understand this. But not John 3.16 cannot save if it remains only in its own context when he's speaking to the Jewish people. Now, I'm about done. I know you're getting nervous. The Colts are playing. I'm trying to save you hurt. What's the best book of the Bible we should share with people? There are tracts. There are Gospels printed, especially the Gospel of John. We tell New Converts, read the book of John. The best is Romans. Romans 5.8 says this, that God commendeth his love toward us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 4.25 again, who was delivered for our offenses was raised again for our justification. That's why I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it that gospel, death, burial, and resurrection is the power of God unto salvation. remember, The death, burial, and resurrection accomplishments were hidden until revealed to Paul. Just to remind you once again, Luke 9, 44, let these sayings sink down into your ears for the Son of Man shall be delivered into the hands of men. But they understood not this saying and it was hid from them and they perceived it not. Luke 18, 33. And they shall scourge him and put him to death, and third day he shall rise again. And they understood none of these things, and this thing, what? Was hid from them. Why was it hid from them? Well, one, in Acts 2 through 7, the kingdom had to have a correct offer to the nation of Israel. To be legitimate, nothing else could appear at that time. So God hid it. Not only that, it had to wait until Paul's new revelation was received by Paul, given to him by Christ, and the body of Christ could begin. But the great reason it was hid was to fool the devil to take him at his own trickery. He thought he had defeated God by killing the son on the cross. He said, I've won. (laughs) This world is mine now. All for always. 1 Corinthians 2. Howbeit we speak wisdom among them that are perfect matured, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world. The God of this world has princes that come to naught. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, a secret, a truth that had been hidden, but now I'm revealing it, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory, the dispensation of grace. Now get this, which none of the princes the devil's workers of this world knew. Now get this, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. That's why God hid it until he revealed it to Paul. The devil says, I won. And God chuckled. He <laughs> so you didn't win, son. You actually put the final nail in your coffin. Amen? Amen. So all I'm saying is, this is what I studied this week. Remember who he's writing to, what it's about. John is about the dispensation of promise and law to the nation of Israel. He's the Messiah, he's the Christ, he's God's son. Believe that and they could be saved. The kingdom was offered, it was rejected. God says, now I can reveal my secret. He reveals the fact that Christ not only died and rose, but the fact that he died was for our sins. He was buried to take our sins far away, and he was rose to be able to be the firstborn of a resurrection body one day. Amen? Amen. That's for us today. I hope you learned something, okay? I hope it wasn't too boring. Father, we love you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for truth. Thank you for just as we look at this, we can get our minds clear to who you're talking to. And it helps us to interpret the scriptures and not to be confused all the time. We love you. We thank you for truth, for your word. May we be faithful this week in sharing this wonderful gospel that we say can only save today in Jesus' name. And everybody said. We hope you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you visit with us in person. For more information, please visit our website at gpnd.net or contact us by phone at 317-535-3512. You can watch us live and view past services on our website, Facebook, or YouTube channel. Until next broadcast, may God richly bless you as our prayer.